are back. Welcome to Print Your Game, the uh, podcast for the miniature 3D printing enthusiasts, the people who love the machine that gives us all the minis we could ever want and could never paint. I'm one of your hosts, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowards, also known as Lost Spheres. Awesome. And if you have any questions for us during the episode, either over on YouTube or Facebook, please toss it into the chat or comments, and we will answer your questions, because this time we're talking about meat space. We're talking about inventions. We're talking about getting back together and actually seeing the fruits of these 3D printed labors. I have finally gone to a convention, Kristen. Outside? Outside with people and badges and lines, 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 <laughs> so many lines to wait through. Actually, I got to skip most of them because I had a media badge and the media badge is glorious sometime. Someday I aspire to, to have such a thing. Keep this up and someday you might be wearing a print your games media badge. Fair enough. Wow, that's that's great. I am I'm super excited to hear about what outside has to offer. I think I've been to one convention in the last two years, so I am sorely missing this kind of news. I know I really was super withdrawn on it because like I conventions is kind of like how I energize, how I recharge my gaming battery, how I get the motivation to go do crazy things like build props and leather bound campaign journals and 3D print everything under the sun. Uh, it is simply one of the uh, just seeing so many people excited about this hobby of ours and what is possible. Uh, just gives me more and more reason to try to consistently up my game and give my players and the people I play with in games a better and better experience. And the 3D printer is a tool towards that goal. Because like you've you've done this, like you can make all sorts of encounters and ter terrain. And uh, if we get Maxim's crazy transforming books and props and stuff, uh, can really up the game. And I was hoping when I went down to PAX Unplugged that I would see a lot of that there and see like, you know, I expected that 3D printing would have come in like a force and completely changed the landscape of the convention. And I was mostly wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm still I, eager to see where you see it did touch, though. I'm sure it, 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 it was there. Yeah. So there was definitely a lot of 3D printing on the ground there at PAX. But I didn't like there wasn't like a whole bunch of 3D printed booths or support their <laughs> Patreon broken anvil next month. We have the bestest awesomeness, everything, though. There was a little bit of that uh, first and most prominently Titanforge was there. Uh, which was a pleasant surprise to see uh, one of my favorite uh, 3D mini companies actually in person. And they were showing off Bloodfields, which was their Kickstarter game, their miniature skirmish game. And I... Two Kickstarters, actually, for Bloodfields. This is true. The first one was Digi only, and the second one was to make it physical. And then I, when I got there, I got to see the physical version of it. And also got to play it for the first time when I asked them, hey, run a demo game. I'd like to play this game I pledged on a long time ago that I have. <laughs> right. I really just got for the minis. And it's a surprisingly fun game. It actually is really cool. Uh, I've been doing a whole lot of skirmish and fantasy and wargaming lately. And Bloodfields is, is very well designed. It's fun. It has just the right amount of meta and complexity without going into the absolute craziness. And uh, I had a, a blast playing the game of it. In fact, I'm going so, to pull up a picture of, of the... Uh, while you're pulling that up, can I ask you a couple questions? Sure. So it is a skirmish game, right? It is a skirmish game. 
and is it Titan Forge specific rules to minis? Is what I was wondering. They have every mini, ha it, like it is this specific mini has this specific stat card with their picture on it, and not every Titan Forge mini has a picture or sorry, has a, has the Bloodfields rules available for it. Um, right. But every monthly release, they they do a significant number of them are converted over to Bloodfields and cards Do, are available to play. Did you see if it had any rules for modeling out like new stuff or is it all just here's the card, here's the thing? I did not see any of that. I am sorry. It's okay. We're, we're both patrons. We could probably dig into that from the yeah. patron side later. So I was just mostly that. focused on learning to play this game and uh, actually, and it's really cool because you have a force. I, the demo they were showing, I had four people. They had four people. Uh, I got to uh, give inspiration tokens between each round, which let basically lets them mulligan dice and, and make things a little bit better, a little bit worse, a little bit more killy or a little bit more survivable. It basically uh, allows you to change failures into successes on the dice rolls. And that's uh, kind of like a fate system over the, the minis own rules. Yeah, that, and each mini okay. has special abilities on the cards that you're able to pull off, ranged attacks, passive abilities. It felt really what what it reminded me most was playing the old Dungeons and Dragons battle game with those cards and those minis. Uh, oh, the, okay. the miniature the miniature collector game. Um with a little bit of uh but with a little bit of like traditional war skirmish game on top because we are measuring in inches this isn't played on a grid there is terrain and and goals and, and that sort of thing uh we were just doing a hold the objective uh kind of uh demo map here uh and it was a blast i liked it a lot uh it was fun to see physical versions of minis that i have printed off myself um the cast versions uh, you can definitely, you don't have the layer lines as visible. Like if you zoom in with a microscope, you can, or you turn the mini just right that you've 3D printed, you can kind of see the layer lines until you slap a coat of paint over it at least. Yep. Um, and you don't see that with these. Though, because they are cast, you do have things like mold lines and little sprue bits and stuff that I'm like, wait, that doesn't belong there. <laughs> that doesn't belong in this mini at all. This mini is flawless. How did this get here? Yeah. And they were really nice. They they recognized me when I showed up because they've seen me post some of the uh some of the stuff. And so uh, I they gave me one of the uh, the two player starter sets to uh to open up and show off and I'll show off in the video a little bit later when I uh, eventually get my bag unpacked because that stuff is still sitting in the closet as I did just get back on Monday uh uh from from the trip but they have a two-player starter set that they were selling and uh oh i'm coming back to that and like individual starter sets for the different factions are available and the other thing they had was they were showing off the titans of adventure if you remember the uh the titans of adventure that you get every month with them with like three new heroes Right, right. They were packaging those up uh, three for $12 for resin cast versions of them that were like really slick. And then they had a whole bunch of painted examples up in the case. And I felt so inadequate seeing these. I was like, oh, I thought I was getting better at painting. I'm never going to be this good. Yeah, yeah. I think I have some some limitations of my ability to focus for that long. But um, you know, you're still you'd still do just fine, sir. And it was a lot of fun to to like see them shake their hands and uh, hopefully I'll be able to bring them in and do uh, an interview with some people from Titan Forge. They did seem eager for that, so hey, that'll be really cool. Forward to that in the future episode. Uh, but that was definitely like the most traditional of many companies. There was one more there, but I didn't get to stop because. Uh, 
it was arcane minis were there you mentioned uh you mentioned them were there and uh, i should keep a lookout for them and then i didn't so i did stop by their <laughs> well, booth for a brief moment yeah i've been a big backer of both their patreon and um of uh both of their Kickstarters for Skies of Sordain. They have a lot of different product presences. I believe they were there showing off uh, their new board game, airship board game battles mm -hmm. game for um, right. Lara Reborn. Yeah. So yeah, lots of different stuff they're making. Really cool. I was there for the, that's why I wanted an FDA, FDM printer for so long because I have this massive uh, set of airships that are like three feet long and playable Ooh. interiors. It's crazy. So, so much, so much plastics uh what is it it's not sprue it's what's the filament is going to be yep. going through if i if if I, the big box that i have seen lurking under the christmas tree is what i think it is one of these days i want to print one of those mm -hmm. i don't know how much i need multiple gigantic airships but i mean i've always been a fan of their stuff but i just don't do a lot of the uh the uh, steampunky airshipy stuff in my games though i do kind of want one of them but what they had there was indeed the new board game and i was looking at it and like the second i saw their their figures on the table I was like that's a 3d printed mini and yeah, I, yeah. I picked it up and looked at them like yep this is absolutely i can see layer lines and i recognize uh i recognize elegu mint green anywhere uh so uh, it was hmm? yeah carrie uh mccloud gearing in chat says she needs an airship I need at least two carry because I've got to have them fight like, you know, crew to crew going uh, back and forth, trying to, to scuttle each other's ships would be really bad badass i think it'd be a fun game to set up for a convention too because like i always like to bring my a game to the convention in, in like the cool looking terrain and and the if you brought two giant airships to have a, a one-shot airship battle game yeah you you get a lot of people uh taking pictures of that it is oh it will would impress but you're you're looking at like weeks of 3d printing on a filament printer to put the, those ships are huge They're when massive. they're full size at 28 millimeter these are not these They're are not. tiny little ships these are uh, and they look nice. I, I got the, the picture up right now for those watching the video version uh, of the painted ships. And those did catch my eye. And I, I can definitely see the appeal of that for sure. Um, ironically, well, it would be like bringing the starship combat back into Pathfinder to do the airship combat. Well, we actually did some of that in City of Seven Saras, and I think there's a couple other ones. Uh, Starjammer did it too, mm -hmm. and I, I think even in Ultimate Combat for Pathfinder, and I think there's been some stuff, um, a couple third-party D and D five E things, and I think these would be great fix for that, right? Like just to pop them in there and have your have your little skirmish sky map. You know, I, I think that would be really fun. Right. And you have been following them. So you mentioned that they're going to have when this board game comes out, there's going to be a version of it purchasable for 3D printing gamers. So, that so they yeah, there is there, there is it's kind of unclear, but their mm -hmm. Patreon definitely has um, a kind of a plane plane shift is the thing I think coming out, which is going to be kind of a cross planar airship campaign expansion and it's going to have rules for tactical and i think these figs will be start being available for that it, it, it's i don't know how many we're going to get a month but it's going to be part of the patreon okay. download i know that there was a, a pledge level um for including them i think in their last kickstarter but and i think that that's more and more viable especially in a world right now where we're dealing with shipping crises mm -hmm. being able to like say hey we're going to make a version of this game but if you have a 3d printer and here is just the stuff that would be super inconvenient to print yourself in high quality. And then here, print all these minis and these board tiles, and then boom, you've got a, you've got a game at a significant cost cut uh, that you because you were able to make it yourself or a good chunk of it yourself. And that's kind of what I did with the uh, when I just after I played Bloodfields, I'm like, I need to play this more at home. I can print all of Bloodfields. I have all of Bloodfields. Hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I could do that. 
I don't want to print those dice. So I bought a pack of the dice because like I could print the dice and then paint the dice. And that's, a, that's a hassle for dice and dice roll around and get chipped. Mm -hmm. I could print the dice and then make silicone molds of them and cast them in resin and do all this cool stuff. Or I could just give them $20 for a big box full of the dice pre-made. Like that's a good example of it wasn't worth it for me to do the actual 3d printed version of that. Now all the minis and the terrain and that stuff going to print that for sure. Those cool objective markers going to print that for sure but i right. don't want to but getting dice dimensionally accurate and cool and durable and with translucent resin with cool glitter stuff inside of it that's actually that sounds like something you would do wouldn't it uh, it is something i'd probably do but i will say this is definitely what i call buy the butter uh, um there was a cookbook in my previous life we sold cookbooks and uh one of them's called make the bread by the butter and it's like okay. it was recipes on based on what actually gave you the best result. And I think, you know, dice is a great example of a buy the butter. You, you just you get that. You don't you don't make the butter yourself. Right. You, that's that's a tiny thing. It's going to be high impact. Like you said, those are going to chip. They're going to break. I mean, we've all seen how resin uh, behaves on an impact from a, a decent height. <laughs> so you know, those of us who haven't been able to get the cool additive at least yet i'm probably going to start doing it because I, I had a massive i tripped and dropped a whole tray of Al alkin the other day and it was ah! so sad you so need sad. to start putting tenacious in your minis ever since then <laughs> like I've, I've i've been i've been throwing these at the ground and they live wow yeah, I don't know. I, 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 my my sad, tragic Alkin oh, no. massacre, which we'll talk about more. Is in the it the ones today, that but... you sent me the pictures of that were all zenithled up and everything? Yeah, yeah, that was. That oh was, no, that was... we have to. I'm gonna have to pull them up just to pay homage to the tiny poor Alkin. It's not a good picture though. Well, right. I mean, like we're never gonna get to see them again. Oh, we'll see them. Got... Do we'll see them? Okay. But now I have to because I okay. mentioned it on the podcast. Because we've, we've mentioned their, their sad, Aww. tragic end. Um, when you told I, me you were printing Alkin, I was expecting like the, the Firwood Owl, like the super cute one with the sword. That He was there. He was there at the convention. They had 3D printed that for their booth, like two foot tall. Nice, nice. There are definitely some really cute ones out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with Strixhaven coming out, mm -hmm. I've been looking for them. I will say this, though, if there's any 3D sculptors listening uh the actually i have wings and arms alkin that are in that book don't exist as far as i can tell so oh um, uh but these were from clay cyanide and um really really liked them i i kind of pulled a couple there's people that might be involved in using them and they were like those are so badass looking yeah well you said like i said i mentioned it when you, you showed me these the first time i was like i expected cute little chibi owls and <laughs> what you got were like hunky beefy owls like these are owls that i would swoon at at a leather bar or something like I, these owls would break somebody in two orcs are afraid of these owls These owls absolutely yeah yeah the the, the barbarian types have some serious owlbear energy going on i think and they got ninja owl just hanging out there in the middle too yeah yeah well you, you know uh james has to have his his rogues and ninjas that's that's his wheelhouse so i had to find one also in chat bastille hello bastille thanks for joining us if you have any questions for us about 3d printing miniatures packs get them in we would love to answer live questions throughout the podcast absolutely oh so you you, you dropped a tray of of minis and you yeah, know that's yeah. the one advantage of of uh the the new like 
soft rubber minis that have like the bones and the and the uh, deep cuts and stuff the stuff that you don't resin print uh they they don't break in fact we used to make a joke with the uh the pvc minis the old D D ones that you could run a truck over these and they'd be fine so then we took a wood elf and we put it outside and ran over it in an f-150 and it was fine wow really yeah i had to had to unbend the base but it, it didn't break yeah, I had, I had that really cool nightmare from that Pathfinder set and it got wedged in a box and I didn't notice it and it was all bent. And I did the hot water trick and it, and it, it did come back together. It's fine. All now, right. I've, I've got, a, is this one of your owls? This is one of the images that you sent me was of uh, this. Clay cyanide ones? From the, uh, I think so. This is, uh, yeah, clay cyanide shutaka. Like this yeah, owl so, paladin. Yeah, so that... Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to show this one is the they don't say Alkin on them at all. So mm -hmm. you actually have to look for the factions release for I think it's Brotherhood of Burnek. Mm -hmm. um, and they're all kind of in that series. And then there's a good variety. There's a couple casters. There's a male and a female caster type, a couple warriors. Um, yeah, really, really good. I was I was kind of disappointed. There was another Alkin set. I'm, I'm not going to rack my brain to remember the Patreon uh, because all the females in that one were um, like barmaids and like, uh, you know, like not even not even clerics are like not even like stereotyped bad <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> then um i found another set that had some really cool like multi-gender um like paladins and warriors and then this one had some some decent casters and stuff for both so it, Did, it was kind of hard because i i do have a, a lot of um a lot of girls in my gaming group. So I just wanted to make sure there was good, good options. So did, uh, did you get the, uh, the Titan forge beast set they had with the, uh, with this, with this freaking awesome tree dude was the centerpiece of that set. I'm pretty sure I did. I think I've, I've yeah. only missed a couple months of, of Titan forge. They have some awesome owl casters in that set, which is the reason I bring it up. Hmm. Maybe I missed it. We'll check. The other one I was looking at was, and I don't, I don't know, no, no need to dig into my, my owls, especially if I'm going to talk about it again later, maybe, I, maybe we won't talk about them. So that was, um, so those were the two like 3d printed centric booths that I saw while I was down there. But another thing I did see a lot of was prototype, prototype, prototypes. And then just looking at them, was like, that's a 3d print. That's a 3d right. print. That's a 3d print. So, and especially when I went to the play test hall, which makes sense. Absolutely. Like if you're going to prototype a game yourself, a board game, and you're going to get com custom made components for it, you're going to 3d print the first set that you're going to show off at the, at the convention. And so like when I was play testing, like we're digging archeology span game with shovels and, and picks and, and custom cards and stuff. Yeah. There was 3d printed components there when it was weird dragons, it was 3d printed components there. And, and basically where I'm seeing the the most influence of 3D printing at the convention, it was like demo first draft components that that people were showing off, and that it makes perfect sense because this is still an enthusiast level um, a hobby at the moment, and the people that would be most interested would be people making uh, games and wanting to be able to very quickly iterate on ideas like that. Yeah, yeah, um, I did see when I was at Game Hall earlier this year, um, there was a a booth of someone and this is i'm bringing this up because listeners might even want to get into this um a merchant who had the merchant licenses from a bunch of different patreons who mm. was who was printing small sets of resin ones and just kind of packing them up and had them in like little clear you know safe safe packaging and would just sell them and, and they were they were not cheap but they were comparable to you know like your high-end um you know like confrontation or whatever you know and mm -hmm. um i think we'll probably start seeing that more and more um especially because some of these secondary vendors are getting pretty big 
Right. Um, and uh, that's something I think will be interesting to watch. Um, and I would encourage listeners, if you're looking for 3D printed stuff that you, you want, but you haven't been able to get into it yet yourself, you might be able to find a booth at a con. Um, right. Look for lots of gray. <laughs> That's what I would say. And you'll probably find that there there's a, a, a vendor that's going to have a whole bunch of pre-printed uh, 3D resin stuff and some of, the, some of the stuff you've been looking for. So. Yeah. And honestly, the best place that I have found to get 3D printed stuff that I didn't print myself is Etsy. Etsy yeah. is like the king for finding 3D printed stuff because sometimes I just don't want to bother with it. Uh, like um, there was this, I've bought plenty of things when I was like, I could give them $20 for these 10 vampire knights, or I could print them myself, or I could just go print something else myself. And in two days, I'll have these awesome 10 vampire knights. Right. Printing horses is a pain in the butt. Yeah, I can only imagine. I don't know. I see horse and I see fireball fodder in most of my games. So most of my players have been dissuaded unless it's a class feature mm -hmm. that they can actually keep like getting lots of hit points. They usually are like not going to have mount. War Chess Creations is also a great place, a, a great uh, market vendor. They don't have a whole big collection, but I but the stuff I have gotten from them has been high quality and they use like the 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 tuffed up resin stuff so that like the minis do not break. And it's like, that was what gave me the idea to start mixing in tenacious with my stuff was I got, if you remember cast and play did this like minotaur set where they had like mm -hmm. this humongous centerpiece minotaur. And I was like, yep. I could print that. It would be $15 worth of resin. And my printer's kind of needing some work right now. So I'm pretty sure I would fail it twice before I get one off the plate successfully. Yikes. And so I was like, I'm going to give you $15. Uh, and you're going to send me this thing. And then I got it and it was like, this thing is bendy and I can hit it over the coffee table and it's fine. What did you use? Oh, I'm now going to start doing that. Yeah, I'm going to have to take the take the splurge at least on a couple of stuff, a couple of projects, I think, especially anything I want to take to a convention. Right. And this is also, even if you are a 3D printer, uh, odds are that when you get started, you have a resin printer, but not an FDM printer or the reverse. You have an FDM printer, but not a resin printer. Um, before I got my FDM printer, I was on Etsy all the time buying 3D printed terrains. Like I bought a, a set of 3D printed tree armatures with like cool, creepy faces in the front of them that was really cool. And, and that's how I got most of my forest done because like, yeah, now I would just print it myself on my Neptune too. But, but at the time I just had an Elegu Mars, not even my Saturn yet. And, uh, you know, it was just cheaper and easier to just have somebody else do that for me. So even if right. you do have a printer, sometimes you be lazy. Sometimes just give somebody money, get model and it works. Yeah. And if you're willing to split the difference, um, there's a lot of maker spaces opening up too, where you can mm -hmm. just get the file and then, you know, take it into a makerspace that has somebody who will help you get mm -hmm. through and get it out and still at a pretty affordable, um, affordable price. Uh, Carrie just mentioned, do you need to worry about licensing on Etsy? Most Patreons at least have a merchant agreement that they do. And once you're licensed, as long as you're currently holding that, that mm -hmm. tier, you're good to go and print them and sell them as much as you want. So, right. It's usually pretty easy to spot a legit merchant over there because they'll show up like they'll show the license agreements. They'll they'll have the uh, the logos on it. the ones that are avoiding it. They like scrub the the artisan guild logo off the images they're using for promos and and yeah. It, and it's I hate it. I hate that there are people skirting that uh, that line. But if it it usually on Etsy, it's not uh, it's not too bad, uh, especially since um, Etsy will respond to takedown notices from the uh, the um, the the artists themselves. Right. Right. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I was going to mention this about the license. Oh, um, another thing you can do if you're really into a, a Patreon or, or artist 
is oftentimes their discords will have a merchant channel or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can just at them and say, Hey, I'm looking for a print from this and you can get definitely like licensed merchants who are in good relationships with, with the, right. the artists. Cause they're actually talking to them on discord, like on the daily. So, and a lot of, and more importantly, uh, ask for merchant printers that are in your region. So that yes. hopefully <laughs> in your country. So like yes. in the U S we're a little bit spoiled. There's so much over here to get printed and, and it's in shipping, even international shipping isn't so bad for us in getting it into the country, getting right. it out can be, it can be a beast, but I do know like, um, uh, fans, uh, from Europe have, have complained about like how stupidly expensive it is to just get something shipped, even, even a couple of countries over sometimes, uh, much less, uh, uh, imported from overseas. And yeah. I, for our Austra Australian, uh, and New Zealand listeners, I, I hear and understand uh, that that is a difficult, uh, a difficult journey sometimes to get stuff imported and shipping, uh, that can be a beast. So do look for. 3D printed mer 3D 3D printing merchants in my area because that will vastly decrease the uh, the shipping cost and if you have tariffs that you have to worry about uh, you if you know buying from somebody in your country don't have to buy you don't have to pay a tariff. Yeah, and here I'm feeling my privilege. I think I know two vendors that are in Denver, so like even wow, like it would be here in a day or two. So as soon as I got off the plate. You know where else I saw a lot of 3D printing? Where's that? Booth decorations. Hmm? Even if stuff wasn't for sale, a lot of booths wanted to flex. And I think I've saw four different copies of that Artisan Guild Tarrasque just blown up huge and, and showed off. Uh, there was one booth that was, I don't know whose dragons they were, but they had like a bunch of those uh, dragon heads mounted onto walls that they had decorating behind their booth. And that was like, hmm, that's a project I might want to consider someday. There is, oh gosh, I can't remember the name. There is a Patreon and they did a Kickstarter and it's all just dragon busts. That's the whole thing. I'm trying to remember. Fucking... Yeah, because every day I'll go and look at my friendly local game store, they have one of those red dragons from yep. Wiz Kids. And I'm like, I want that. I don't want that $700 worth, no. Yeah, we the local one here over at Game Haven has like uh, the whole thing. They lifted the Beholder. Oh, wow. There's, an, I think, an Owlbear one now. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. This is making me want to get a larger format FDM printer even and, and seeing. I might. Even, even on that, my Neptune, it's just like, you know, I, it's it's a foot square, but that's even that, a little bit much. I'm just going to say that box looks awfully big. That's mm -hmm. what I'm going to say. So I might I might have a very big one shortly. We'll see. I'll tell you the one I do want to do and that because I saw somebody do it. Somebody sized up a thousand percent the artisan guild beholder and printed it like the size of a beach ball and that was i want that i want that in my game room for certain that's cool and there was so much of that down there like big old like i mentioned the um uh the, the little cute owls um over uh those were those were blown up to like statue size and available everywhere i mean used to this was an expensive endeavor to get like you either had to hire a custom artist to come in and make one of these for you or you had to hire a company to do these big statues and like pretty much only the the games workshops and the wizards of the coasts and the tsrs could afford to have like big old giant statues of their characters and that was you know that's a flex that's a big flex you do at a convention like this right uh, but now it's with 3d printing available uh, enough patience and yeah some money but nowhere near the same amount of money yeah uh, you can sure. have your custom character two foot tall in the glass display case i, I found the 
the Kickstarter. I was thinking of Thunder of Dragons. It's called. Nice. Um, and I think they also are doing some other stuff like that you can get continuous. But there's a ton of busts in that one. I sent you a link. Awesome. I'll uh, I'll have to figure out how to open that link. Yes, we are experimenting with new stuff. Yeah, we're using Restream Live Studio for the first time, and so far it's working nicely. It's yeah, I actually, I'm really enjoying being able to see the chat, which I, I couldn't in my old setup. So that's yeah. So uh, more chat, more chat, more chat. Uh, so that was that. Uh, some other booths that were there. Games Workshop was there. I didn't ask them about 3D printing at all because I figured that would be kind of a jerk move. Uh, Poking the bear. Yeah. Also, it was. I felt bad because there wasn't a ton of people at their booth either. So that. Um, but they did do something awesome. They sponsored the paint and take. So usually, like Reaper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So usually that's thing. Reaper, maybe Privateer, but yeah, it's cool. So I was like, hey, I've got some time to kill and it's been a long time since i've used citadel layer paints and you know I, i've long since moved on to vallejo and pro acryl and reaper and, and just about every other brand of uh painting going and if you're going to print minis you need to paint minis because we get the home hobbyist does not yet have the hero forge uh, color printing <laughs> technology available to us yet one of these days we will but and that will be a wonderful glorious day but until then, we still have to paint these ourselves. And uh, so they had that booth there. So I decided, hey, I'll sit down and give it a shot and try Citadel paints again and get oh. a feel for them. And I had a great time. I uh, Stormcast, right? Yeah, I got one of these Stormcast uh, Vindicators. I might have the name of it wrong. Uh, so my, this my this is uh, my sister plays Stormcast as ogres in Kings of War. Uh, and also uses them as the paladin ogres in Kings of War for the Basilea faction, which has paladin ogres, which are awesome. Very cool. Uh, and this is her color scheme. So I was like, let's see how I can do with these Citadel paints. And I I, uh, I just sat down there. The paint and take is where I like to chill and relax uh, during a convention and just kind of like de-stress. And uh, I gave it my all on this. And uh, I was pretty happy with the result. I did not have my magnifiers with me, so it was... A little bit sloppy on that shield design by getting those layers yeah, right. Yeah, I think you're okay, especially for a paint ticket at con, man. Yeah. That's, um, that's pretty nice looking for, you know, what, a couple hours at a table. Yeah. And I, I, I but hey, I have, have to admit, I enjoyed using the Citadel paints and I, I kind of swore them off when I switched to Vallejo and dropper bottles and stuff, but. You know, lead belchers are great paint and it goes on nice and McCrag blue goes on smooth. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still mostly using them, honestly, but that's because I had so many of them from before. And I've got a drawer full of them here from a few years ago that I could probably revivify with a little bit of paint thinner. Uh, so might as well. And my local game store stocks them. So why not? Uh, the other game store in my area stocks Army Painter which I like a lot of their product, but I don't like their layer paint. Um, that's where I'm at with them. Uh, their, their shades, um, a lot of their, their technical paints, a lot of their tools are wonderful. But for me, um, Pro Acryl seems to be my favorite of the, uh, the layer paint brands that I have. But hey, it was good to get into GW and paint again. And then, uh, you know, made, uh, just giving them uh, to this younger sibling and, and seeing them brighten up when I handed them a painted model. That was all. That was worth it. That's very, very cool. Yeah, I think I'm more of a color, a color whore. I go after 
the specific shades and so oftentimes mm. i mix brands because i'm always looking for the exact color because i i am still very bad about mixing colors on my own palette which i need oh. to get over yeah and i feel bad about it because i always like just mix your own paints and thinking like wait a minute no that's not always easy for everybody i'm a graphic designer and an artist i my palette usually is like red green blue magenta cyan and i just dotted at the front and then just go to town uh diana house style and uh yeah yeah but that's not for everybody uh, but honestly, a lot of that was back when I was a very poor nerd boy who had to scrape together five bucks to buy a bottle of Reaper paint. And that was that was not always easy to do. So I made them stretch as far and as long as I could. And now I scrape together eight dollars to buy a contrast paint and then knock it over. That's oh, no, I have. In fact, this is, this is why you have 3D printed the not spill thingy, right? I, I haven't yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Next that, episode, Kristen, I want to see that you've 3D printed the I will not spill $8 worth of contrast paint thing. Because I did have another casually and it was the whole bottle this time. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. I, I swear oh. that's that's what Citadel really wants from me is my clumsiness. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. loved the contrast line and I'm really looking forward to the quick shades. Uh, the, no, the um, speed paints, army painters, speed, speed paints. paints. They yes. do look good. I want them uh, so bad. Every time I see some uh, content creator uh love it uh carrie in response to your question about better paint to use for 3d minis i would say um it's more about your primer and getting a primer right. that adheres and then, then you're good to go with yeah. mostly the same stuff yeah uh yeah it definitely now i will say that if you're just getting into painting for the first time look into contrast paints or speed paints or make your own contrast paints watch the goober town video and do and do that that's what I've got here. Yes, Goobertown. Um, Brent is very wise. Alex, hello, Alex. Good evening. Um, the learn to Zenithil Prime, even with a rattle can. So honestly, if you're going to get into pa painting 3D minis, get a get Rustoleum two and one paint and primer. Get a black and a white, and get the white and get them in satin, not flat. Get them flat if you have to, but satin is a little bit better. Um, do black first, top down zenithal white, and then go over it with contrast paints, and you will have an amazing looking model with like almost no work at all put into it. Yeah, and if you want to be a little extra, just a little, I would say like get Vallejo or or Army Painter color bases that are going to be your major tone mm. for the, the model, and zenithal with that. So you, you hit it with that base coat and then hit it with white, or if you want to do really weird effects, like sometimes I'll flip that um, and have the color be the dominant thing you can get like if you're doing magic stuff like uh, elementals or fire creatures or whatever um you can do that and i would i would say it's worth the extra couple bucks um if you're going to do that yeah um alex I, I used a lot of army painter rattle cans like uh, i have an airbrush i'm learning airbrush i'm facing my fear about the airbrush but um sometimes it's just i've got 14 figs they're all going to be mostly green <laughs> boom that like uh, i did a uh, those treekin a while back and some trance and it was all undercoat brown overcoat um green uh, kind of almost a face on a little higher and then i went super high with just a tiny bit of white and that mm. saved me hours of painting at the height of it i was grabbing going to my hardware store and just like literally grabbing every color of primer they had just so that i would have a because that is such a fun way to do it uh doing especially if you don't use white like i like a deep navy blue and then topped with lime green as the base coat for my orcs yes really good yeah that would and you know if you're just getting into it that's going to put you like so high up to start mm -hmm. and you're just going over it with your gear 
here and then just some shading and picking out details. Yeah. It'll look really just good. Do a two color zenith like that. Throw a black wash or a brown wash over top all of that to kind of line to do the lining for you and then just pick out the colors and five minutes of work and it looks like you spent hours on it. And then sometimes you mess that up and it looks just terrible forever. Yeah, it's just paint. You put a new base color on it. It's great. Also, uh, if these are 3D prints. Don't even bother with that. That's just what I was going to say. Print a new yeah. set. Use them as your back rank and do another one. <laughs> oh man, like that's that's the best one of the best things about three D printing minis is just print seven copies of the same mini as practice. Yeah, Alex, like, in response to your question about airbrushes, I would say I got a hundred and fifty dollar airbrush, which for me was a little bit of an investment. But um, there's people that would recommend getting a little better than that. You can get them. I even used a hand airbrush for a while with that was just with a like the accelerant can you just put on it and that worked okay a lot of it's learning your tool more than anything because right. i can get bad results with really great tools <laughs> so, so learn your tool your first airbrush should just be a bundled 20 dollars airbrush with, that came with your compressor on amazon or or harbor freight like you want to get a gravity fed one though so you want to get yep. a gravity fed airbrush which is the one with a cup on top because for mini painting that's what you want 100 agree with that and you can get you usually get like a you can get like a twenty dollar decent airbrush bundled with any given air compressor for airbrushing that's out there. But if you want to get one that's a little bit better than this, I do recommend this one, which is the Awada Neo. It's about a sixty dollar mid range airbrush. And after you get used to that twenty one that came with your compressor, it's only it's going to be hard to get a compressor without a twenty dollar airbrush included with it. Honestly, harder than yeah. To give to give clarity, what I said, the hundred fifty dollar one actually had three airbrushes brushes with it and a compressor so like wow it, it was oh i thought it was just deal. the airbrush i thought you went in no 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 i am not a, i wish clips or something no 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 i wish yeah. not yet no this was for the whole setup so yeah. just to clear that clear that up but yeah the gravity fed by the way if you're you're like me and you get super stoked when you're like oh that looks so cool then you have to work on controlling your hand to not throw your air your airbrushes pots lid off and just dump your paint out of your whole hand yeah. so i get very excited when something looks great yeah so the key when you're learning to airbrush is actually the airbrush doesn't move. You move the model. Yeah. And that is how you avoid having a lap full of uh, Abaddon Black, which I've done. The time it's usually before. on my knuckles, you know. It's my knee right here. Weirdly, I'm, always... um, I'm finding I airbrush right-handed, which I'm left-handed. And so oh. like, I don't know if that's because the tool is just. It's ambidextrous. It should be, right? So I don't right. know why, but I've, I've started doing it and I'm like, hey, I'm doing this right-handed. Why am I doing right-handed? Maybe it's from all the tutorials I watch. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'd have better control with my left. I should try. I recommend um, a good video to watch if you're interested in getting an airbrush is Brent Goobertown. Uh, Brent from Goobertown has a video called You You Might Need an Airbrush. That is a great exploration of the tool and getting into it and learning it and, and why you would want to have and, uh, and showing off some of the things you can do with it that you just can't do with a with a physical brush yeah there's just gradient stuff with dyes and inks that you could just never ever do and yeah. the speed at which you can do them right your your game your painting game will level up considerably after you learn to use an airbrush and here's the other key when you're learning to use an airbrush practice on paper like don't practice on models immediately just like just practice on paper filling in dots getting a, a, how the how the tool flows don't even have to do that long just spend five ten minutes on the piece of paper getting used to the tool and then grab your model and you will be much more happy with it. see these things that are on this podcast that would have saved me lots of time and money if i had just not just you know dove in yeah i was 100 
100% enthusiasm and like uh, didn't understand that you could still get a, a, a really claggy spattering mm-hmm. feed on your airbrush if you did it wrong. And like I I had to re reprime and re like actually strip a model or two because I was just like, <sighs> I will say that when you do buy an airbrush, one of the things that the next upgrade or even with the airbrush is like a a cheap um i'm using a tack life version of an ultrasonic cleaner not even a big one just a small ultrasonic cleaner just big enough to fit the airbrush into so the ones that like they show you putting glasses into are the perfect size um that makes cleaning the airbrush so so stress-free and easy that i don't even worry about like clogged paint and stuff in it it's like i do the, hmm. the general maintenance and dumping the paint out and washing water through it and then when i'm done for the day throw the whole dang airbrush into the ultrasonic cleaner run it for 10 minutes sometimes i just leave it in there until i'm ready to paint again i just usually run water through it till it looks good but that's that works probably smarter um how much did those run like 30 bucks okay it's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And also, mm-hmm. it's useful for stripping paint off minis. Also great. Yeah. And Have uh, you ever tried it with uh, like methylated spirits or something to do When you resin? do that, that's the only thing that, that that cleaner can be used for. Gotcha. Yeah, because it becomes a contaminated uh, item in your resin uh, kit, which I would not mind getting a, uh, a, a one dedicated to cleaning stuff. But wash and cure stations have kind of been perfected at this point with the, the dedicated versions of these. So the, the idea of using a, a ultrasonic cleaner for this seems like more more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, I, I won that um, curing station from Puppets War, and that's been life changing. Like, nice. really crap, it's just so cool just to run it a couple. I usually run it two cycles. And now I'm like, I need a washing station. It's it's got to be at least as good because right now my my ghetto rig of jars, big jars, and and then like my old popcorn bucket is basically what I'm using for cleaning. Oh no! Oh no! Well, I think that gives a uh, so the next time I go to a convention, first I'll have business cards for print your games that I'll be able to handle out because like because of like it's right before Christmas and the shipping stuff, I. Was like it was like a three week turnaround to get business cards from UPS for some reason. All of a sudden, I couldn't even get them in time, and uh, and so I'll have that. And I hope to actually bring some three D printed flex with me. Part of me was like, maybe I want to like design a three D printable business card and just run those off and hand them out. Like, yeah, that'd be cool and stuff. That would be great if I can. I have lots of ideas that would be great and take lots of time. So no. All right, so let's talk about the news because there's a little bit of 3d uh, train darn you train it's gone now there's a little bit of 3d printing news to talk about um and that is normally i don't consider a kickstarter to be news unless it's a newsworthy kickstarter and in this case i do think it is and that is that um steve jackson games is entering the 3d printing space steve Jackson games is one of the larger and oldest established um people in companies in the games industry so these are definitely like well-respected establishment uh, they make gurps they make uh, munchkin uh, car wars um lots of uh, lots of well-beloved games ogre uh, the fantasy trip which is what this kickstarter is for which is was a the fantasy trip is one of the older dnd like early rpgs so uh, it's a it's a fantasy rpg that was way back in the first edition dnd days when it was available and has mm-hmm. been published and continued ever since so they have some retro 3d printable miniatures available for it um that they are pushing with their new kickstarter that's and cool. I think that 
Now, the minis themselves, they got that old school style. They're not really my jam, personally. But right. if that's what you're wanting for. They've got a whole lot of sentient octopus people with various weapons Ooh. and options. So I do like that's sentient different. octopuses. Yeah. Um, and lots of like old school style orcs and, and goblins and hobgoblins and that sort of stuff is available in the kit, too. Um, and, you know, that's neat. But what is newsworthy here is that it's Steve Jackson Games. It's a major gaming company putting their toe in. So Monty Cook Games, uh, um, we have Modifius, and now we have Steve Jackson Games. Peterson All Games also on Peterson their Cthulhu Wars stuff, and their Cthulhu stuff starting to have that. I bet you the next Cthulhu Wars might even have a digital. I'm betting it'll still be more expensive because they definitely want to move the physical product, I think. But right. yeah, I think we're going to start seeing that pretty mm-hmm. regularly. And I really think that the companies getting into this early are the smarter ones on this because these printers are not going to get more expensive and harder to use. They're going to get easier to use and less expensive and more and more gaming groups are going to have access to them. And I, it's such a game changer in the gaming space that it will be disruptive. So have a plan and get involved early people. If you want to uh, not have this be a destructive force in your business plans going forward. Right. Well, and like with Peterson Games is my example, um, they I'm waiting on the, the last two little Cthulhu worst things they did, and they are years overdue with and with COVID and everything. Um, it's just been right. it's been crazy um, how overdue that is. And I think that's one of the reasons they're just like, you know, it's a reality if you want to stay relevant and, and present in the market. Why not just push it down to your end user to make it if they want it? Right. And David Wickham, yeah, that's what I was saying. I, uh, I was getting so desperate that I was thought, well, why don't I just d- design a 3D business card and print that out? But then I'd have to paint it, and that would get weird. I noticed earlier in chat someone just typed, uh, Carol typed, I think it's Vast F Tech, and I don't know what that is. So No idea. Sorry if you have any, Carol, if you're still with us and want us to know about what that is, give us a little bit more to go on. Yeah, awesome. I would I would love to know what it is. It sounds interesting, whatever it is. But, um, any news that you've got? Yes, uh, and this is, to my knowledge at first, and this is Ooh. one reason why I wanted to bring it up. Um, Clay Sinai, because I was looking at my those cool Alfkins, mm-hmm. um, has done something with tribes that I don't think anybody else has done yet, Ooh. which is... It is an entirely different stream of mini. Um, oh, it is not their Patreon content. It is a new um, vendor, a new new channel for new figs, and it's a completely different thing. So, like there, and it's also interesting because they did a very. Um, they've done. I don't want to say they're grim dark, but they're. You saw those outcan. They're badass. They are like strong, cool, mm-hmm. badass. And then so this this um, release for December suddenly was like Studio Ghibli. Like very whimsical. Ooh, I need very to look. Different. You should, because yeah, I think it might be your thing. But then, um, the same time they did um, over on their tribes, they've launched a war troll army that is not available on their Patreon. Um, and then they they also added turtles to Studio Ghibli thing, or so I shouldn't call it that because it's not what it is. It's not licensed, but it's just inspired by kind of lighthearted anime, is what I, I gather. Um, and this then is they as added close as you can get without it being right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. This yeah, is nice though. A lot of house really, moving castle here. Yeah, oh, really, I love really this. Cool I love this stuff, but it's also interesting because they did it, um, at the same time as they introduced these, um, this other tribes thing that is completely new minis, completely unrelated. Um, and there was enough, um, I don't want to say, I'll say ruffled feathers. It wasn't like super negative, but like, so then they're also releasing a Babylonian mythology one with it too. So you're getting three. So their Patreon is like crazy loaded with value for December, by the way. So you have 
a couple weeks to check that out and get like basically three full sets of Patreon releases from them. But oddly, then you can get a fourth one on Tribes. And I don't know, like I said, I don't think anybody I'm aware of has been doing this. I've seen people do multiple Tribes, um, like Print Your Monsters has a Terrain Tribe and a Monster Tribe, for instance. There's one other that is doing this and it confused me. And I was going to talk about that um, okay. sometime cool. on the podcast, which is Papap skill. Okay. I was trying to understand because they have like a, a traditional futuristic one and like a more cyberpunky one. Uh -huh. And the models I was seeing on their tribe was not matching the stuff that was on their Patreon. And the reason that was, is like they were doing um, colonial Marines for like alien inspired colonial Marines. And I wanted that kit because it would work really great with that Stargrave team. I'm trying to put together to have a few different models mm -hmm. uh, that, that matched kind of the flow I was getting from the ones I was doing. And it wasn't uh but when I went to the tribe, because like I'll do the tribe this time and, and try to experiment there, because I'm trying to try out both formats, mm -hmm. and I, I'll, I'll say I'm liking tribes a little bit better now because it's just directly depositing straight into my library without it's me having to click buttons. True, but it's still weird for me, like mm -hmm. that tribes is coming in sometimes late, later than Patreon oh, for me, and it, it's, it, it clearly must be somewhere in the interface because it's mm -hmm. different tribe to tribe. Because I have I think four tribes right now, and then. Uh, <clears throat> some patreons um <laughs> it's it's interesting oh. like i also have a lot of patreons that have gone directly just to do um their uh fulfillment through through my mini factory right away like and so it's it's very different i'm kind of like no one's quite doing it the same yeah it is weird and then like there's exclusive minis on some and like not on others and then with That's, the pap skill it's two different ones entirely and evidently clay cyanide is two different ones entirely i really like these war trolls though i these do too nice. and it's weird for me because now i'm at this situation where until he announced the babylonian mythology one which i'm super into mm -hmm. i I was looking at it and thinking I'd much rather have these war trolls than the turtles. And, you know, like the Ghibli stuff is cool, but it's not something I'm going to use in, in most of my games, right? Like mm -hmm. I could see running maybe a one shot or something more whimsical, or if I'm running something for kids, my, my friend, Matt, his daughter, Anna Freya, you know, we sometimes do a little princess, you know, saves herself adventure for her. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, normally speaking, I would much be more be interested in the, the war trolls. And so now I'm kind of like, okay, so especially with Clay Cyanide uh, and, and one of the reasons why I was kind of wanting to get your feel on it, um, because they have uh, loyalty, you, you get accrue loyalty credits off of how many months you've stayed involved. And then you get to pick your loyalty incentive, which I think is really cool that they do that. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm like, okay, so if I cancel my Patreon, I'm going to lose those credits for continuous enrollment but I really want the trolls. And so I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about it. I, uh, you know, in, in the I, best world, I could just buy it all, but I, right. I don't know if that's realistic. I, in the few cases where it's been like this, where uh, not specifically with the tribes, Patreon, I think viewing it as a tribes Patreon split is kind of viewing it down the wrong lens because ultimately it doesn't matter if it's on tribes or it's on Patreon. It's a subscription service that's available on a platform. Right. Um, so the pl exact platform they choose to use is, is irrelevant. I just view it as this is a new patreon from my favorite artist that is separate it's a separate subscription and i need to decide whether or not i want this new offering or not and i had to make that choice several times when kashinako 
uh, Kaishinoko decided to do sci-fi tier. And when Orc King decided to do sci-fi tier, I had to decide, do I want to continue to buy their sci-fi options? I, I got on board with Cyberforge for when Titanforge split, but mostly because they gave me a discount and I was able to get both tiers. Right, uh, right. I don't know that I would have made that same choice as early on as I did if it was... Uh, just another one. So I just look at them on their own merits and decide whether or not I'm going to sub to them, not worry about as long as the, 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 the tribes I, and descriptions I do have are delivering what they always said they were, and I don't see a drop in quality or quantity there, then it doesn't bother me. It's just another one to put into the giant hopper of 137 subscription services available as of yes, last month. Right, right. I just think it's an interesting choice where like, you know, you're now kind of almost competing with yourself because, mm. you know, I, I think you and I both do this kind of end of month cost valuation and we're like, okay, do I keep this one going? Like there is a really uh, a, a good Patreon I like that I've been with a couple months, but I'm going to drop it because they're going to do a goblin set and like, I don't need more goblins in my life. I have so many goblins forever and ever. Mm. And if I wanted a specific cool goblin, I'd go looking for it. But like at this point, I don't need more goblins. And so I'm going to drop that Patreon and I, I do that every month. So now I'm like, I feel weird that like, especially with one that has such an awesome loyalty program that mm. like now I'm going to have to split my focus between those two things. It's also right. interesting because and I, I might be wrong on this long term, so I'm not going to say don't quote me on this or whatever. But like if it's um, if the tribes is not going to offer because right now you get factions and a mythology set in their patreon so it looks like it's going to be a totally different value statement mm -hmm. but like you said probably best to just treat it like it's a totally different patreon right. or channel thing i think the the weird ones is the is when it is the same set but there's exclusive models or exclusive poses depending on where you got it that's where things get more interesting in the discussion because ultimately what they're doing is they're trying that is that is the artist telling you this is the one you should be using and i think right. in most cases it's better for you to go and shift to the platform that they prefer you to be on right by doing this incentive as long as all other things are equal yeah um, heroes infinite i think does yeah. variant poses and it's it goes to their website yeah. so they get way more of the money obviously yeah it, it, it takes a little bit more to get me to go to your private website and because i'm going to forget it it's not in with the others i'm probably not going to discover it if you're big enough if your hero's infinite you get to you get to get away with it because i'm going to go check out the ridiculous quality models that you made this month um but oh man that is something else i wanted to shout out to um is Okay, Total War 3 is happening. Uh, that means Kislev is in demand. And all, and of course, because it's in demand and because it's popular and because there aren't a whole lot of physical models, everybody is doing Kislev. Titanforge just announced they're doing Kislev. Um, Highland Miniature has been doing Kislev for ages. Uh, for very new Kislev. listeners, what's mm -hmm. Total War and what's Kislev? Okay, so Total War is a wonderful PC game that okay. made a version based off the old world for Warhammer. So that's and because Old Hammer is one of the most supported uh, model types in 3D printing because those models are old. You can't get them anymore. Nobody makes them anymore, and they're stupid expensive. Um, there's a, a built-in demand, and also there doesn't seem to be as many, like, diehard uh gw fans rallying against people printing old hammer because like you know nobody's wanting to pay like literally 700 dollars for a box of retonians anymore right right i mean they're yeah. very very few yeah and kislev is like kevin reed and chat saying it's like it's like fantasy russia where yeah they have okay. this ice queen that rides a dragon they have bear cavalry yeah, and yeah. okay yeah. i've already awesome. seen a few of those then yeah. 
in, and in so many companies are doing it at this point and so like if you're a kislev fan this is your season there are so right. many great choices available for that Heroes infinite set is gorgeous i love it and the titan forge set that they just announced looks great for that too and i know the highland set is is really nice and going to be well supported so just basically pick your mini style because you're yep. going to have so much choice. And yes, and, Kevin, that Eldar set is wicked cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I or alpha alpha elves it. or whatever they're calling. Alpha. Them. <laughs> yeah, I did not grab the Eldar set, and I'm I'm still kicking myself. Yeah, but that's going to be a play. A yeah. lot of 40k ish in games, I, even though I um, uh, did some work for OPR on Grimdark, uh, Grimdark Future. Uh, I didn't. I am not doing a whole lot with the 40k style stuff. By the way, I do actually have another bit of news that I, I don't know what it's going to mean for us, and I've totally mm -hmm. forgot to mention it. PayPal is um, responding to a lot of international law changes, Ooh. and there's going to be a lot of artists as of January who will not be able to take PayPal payments. Huh? Um, especially it's hitting Thailand, and I don't know how many 3D modelers are going to be hit by that, but mm -hmm. I just... It's it's going to be something to keep a watch out. Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely hurting a couple of the fantasy artist friends I have, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that we're going to have to be aware of. Um, it's already stuff like that with the Matt Station thing with, with the sites in Russia. I think I mentioned um, mm -hmm. there are a couple of these um, company sites where you, unless you are willing to give um, very unrestricted access to your banking information, <laughs> wow, you are uh, um, not going to be able to get anything from them. And then you know your baking information is elsewhere. Like I even tried prepaid debit cards and stuff and just, it just doesn't work. So like darn lot, lot of trust going to be happening there if you want it. Otherwise I think there's going to probably have to be some changes or, or some evolution in the payment options for people. So hopefully something will emerge that makes it more accessible. Cause I don't want artists. This is one of the things I love about this, this particular hobby is so much of this gets right to the artist. And mm -hmm. um, that's incredible. You know, that's very unusual. Um, right, and they can make it such a good livelihood. So I was like chatting with the Titan Forge group this weekend. I was like, it's it's awesome because you all can release a mod. You can design a model yesterday, publish it today, and I have it printed and playing with it tomorrow. And you're halfway across the world, and that's just not possible in any other industry. Yeah, I agree with you, Kevin. It does look like a lot of artists are going to have to start considering crypto, which um, you know, that's a thing. That's a thing. Feel feel how you feel about that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm curious as to where things will go. Uh, anyway, that's a weird note that I'm not prepared or researched on to discuss. Yep. Let's, let's, let's not make any statements about that. And I think that that is about to bring our episode to a close. If you want to support the podcast, you can give us a good review wherever you saw this. Give us the thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. Uh, if you're uh, one thing that really helps us is giving us a five star review on iTunes, that would really, really help the podcast and help us spread further. If you want to get more of this content, go to printyourgames.com. We're available on all the platforms, the YouTubes, the the uh, we even we're on Google now. It took a while to get on Google, but Google finally approved us. We're on Spotify, hey. iTunes, anywhere good podcasts are found. You will find us there. And until next time, remember. You can be your own game store. You can print your game.